Yes, indeed. This is episode one of Big Bossy Said It Podcast. I am your host, Tip Bossy B, a.k.a. Big Bossy. If they ask you who said it, make sure you tell them Big Bossy Said It. And with that said, let's get right into the show. Man, look, it's been about two and a half years since I did my last podcast. Of course, some of you may have listened to it. Some of you may not, but it was called Thoughts Unleashed. And, you know, I decided to take some time off, not only to focus on my mental health career, but to focus on my mental health. And that's, you know, that's another show for another day. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it because it's just some stuff that I want to go ahead and get my thoughts and opinions on. So let's get right into it. I think I want to start with um, D.L. Hughley and Monique. Okay, so by now, I'm sure we all know that they both did a show together in Detroit and from there all hell broke loose. <laughs> um it was a dispute about who was supposed to close the show. Monique said she was supposed to close it. DL Hughley says that he was supposed to close the show when, you know, it was contracts being posted on social media and a lot of back and forth has been going on since then. But, you know, just for context for the show, I want to start from the beginning and I want to play what Monique said on stage, well, at least, you know, a small snippet of what she said on stage, even though I'm sure most of you have already heard it. But like I said, just uh, for context for the show, I want to go ahead and play what Monique said. Then I'll come back and we'll go from there. The motherfucking contract said that a bitch is the headliner. The headliner. Let me say it again. The headliner. That's what the motherfucking contract says. Monique is to be the last motherfucking person on the goddamn stage. She is the headliner. That's what I signed the fuck up for. I'm 30 plus years in this motherfucking business and I don't open for no goddamn body. The contract said the headliner. The contract said the headliner. What time did black men start attacking black women? What kind of real nigga is that? That's a bitch nigga. That's a bitch nigga. What kind of real nigga would ever attack a goddamn black woman? A bitch nigga. I feel sorry for Dale Hughley's family. I feel sorry for his motherfucking wife. Cause how do you suck the dick of a coward? All right, so that's what Monique had to say when she was on stage and once she finished and DL went on after her, he did make a few jokes about it. But here's my thing on it. If it was an issue about who goes on first, she could have spoke with DL about that before the show because according to him, she never said anything to him directly at the show. She waited until she got on stage. But, you know, talking shit on stage is one thing because that's the stage. I expect comedians to kind of push the limits when they are on stage, when they are entertaining. And comedians, they sometimes, well, almost all of the time, they get a pass from me on that. But... Once you take it off the stage and turn it into unnecessary drama on social media, that's when shit gets tacky to me. And Monique is a very tacky individual. That's just my opinion. Because at this point, to hell with the contract. She has taken this to a whole nother 
level. She has taken a hard left and she has proceeded to go way too far. The way she has disrespected this man's wife and daughter on Instagram is so disgusting. I mean, I have zero respect for her as a human. I don't give a damn about her comedy, her acting, her awards, because all that is fine and dandy. I'm simply saying as a human being, she gets two thumbs down and two middle fingers up from me. Because if your issue is with D.L. Hughley and a contract and about who is supposed to headline the show, then keep it about D.L. and the contract. But of course, her being the bitter bitch that she is, yes, the bitter bitch that she is, she brings in his wife and his daughter. Because when she said on stage that uh, his wife was sucking on the, uh, I will say sucking on the penis of a coward, she was, she said that the reason that she said that was because he didn't protect his daughter from being sexually assaulted and made this long post on Instagram about it. And the thing is, is not only is that, you know, she was just completely um, hitting below the belt and out of line for even taking it there with uh, taking it that far with him. But she didn't even have the story right. She said that a man assaulted D.L.'s daughter when that's not the case. And which I will play some audio from D.L. Hughley in a few minutes and he will explain that. And y'all can hear that from him. But just the whole way she has gone about this, she she's shown her true colors to me. She really is a very miserable, a very bitter person, and she's very toxic. That's what that's what I get from her. I can't speak for anybody else, but that's what I've gotten from her from the last couple of years is a very toxic energy. And I can see why people um, well, some people have blackballed her in Hollywood. Hell, she deserves it. I'll say it. She deserves it. And then she was trying to say that he's been talking shit and disrespecting her for years. But my thing is, if that's the case, why do a show with him in the first place? That makes no sense to me. And no matter what he said, that still is no excuse for her to use his daughter's past trauma as a low blow, as an attack against him just because she is pissed off. And then she always has her corny ass husband sitting beside her, putting that battery in her back. I mean, come on now. How dare you use his daughter's past sexual trauma as a part of your stupid ass shenanigans just because you're pissed off again, just because you're looking like the villain that you are again. And then she what gets me is that she always tries to turn it into some crusade for black women. This protect black women, bitch, please. Enough with the passive aggressiveness. That's something that she has mastered. She is the master of passive aggressiveness. That I love us for real. That my sister and my brother, y'all my babies, whether you want to be my babies or not. Bitch, please. I hate that bullshit. Enough with all of that. And she's also the queen of gaslighting. She thinks she's the queen of comedy, but she is the queen of gaslighting. And you know what gaslighters do? They create false narratives just to manipulate people and get people to believe that they are somehow the victim. Anyway, let's get to the responses from D.L. Hughley and his daughter. I want to start with his daughter. She responded to Monique on Instagram. Now, this is not the daughter who was sexually assaulted. This is the oldest daughter who responded on behalf of her younger sister and her family, as well as her father. And what she said is kind of long, but I'm going to read everything that she said. 
Okay. She said, hi, Monique, I'm Ryan, Nicole Shepard, D.L. Hughley, and LaDonna Hughley's eldest daughter. You have now publicly disrespected my mother, who I love and care for very much, and my baby sister, who I love and care for very much, to get back at my father, who I love, respect, and care for very much. At this point, I feel like you are asking my family and myself to act out of character. Out of all the things that you could have said about my dad, if that's the route you wanted to take, you chose to be mean and hurtful to two black women who have nothing to do with this conversation. Using my mom and my sister to show people my father's character only shows how little mental stability, dignity, morality, and respect you have not only for yourself, but other black women. You're clearly two crayons short of the full boxes. You're disgusting, and you absolutely need to keep every sing single member of my family's name out of your poisonous mouth. Not because you can do us harm, you can't, but because you are adding to the historical and systematic disrespect and trauma of other black women who you claim to love. And for what? A check? You're bringing up trauma for a concert lineup discrepancy? All you've done is proven that you have no moral compass. Nothing is too far in your quest to prove a point, and I'm blessed that my parents raised children who have no idea how you could possibly go there. We Hugleys are going to have a good-ass day and a blessed life. We are healed. We are whole, and we love each other fiercely and deeply. You can continue to live in that scorched earth kingdom of yours. Get some help, ma'am, for real. Oh, and if you want to have this conversation in person, I'll happily give you my address. <laughs> Man, look, I loved everything about her response to Monique, everything about it. She responded how a daughter, how a big sister is supposed to respond when somebody comes for your family, when somebody attacks your family like that. And of course, y'all know Monique, she's going to always respond. And let me see, let me get to my other screen here. She responded, she said, hey, young sister, <laughs> of course, y'all know the passive aggressiveness, like I said, the young sister that, hey, my sister thing, the bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> she said, hey, young sister, thank you for the invitation for a discussion. We would like to take you up on it because it could be very healing for our community. Have D.L. Hughley set up a time for you and your family and my husband and I to come on his show and we will go from there. I love us for real. <laughs> the I love us for real, girl. Bye. First of all, his daughter, when she said, um, I will happily give you my address if you want to talk in person. I don't think she was talking about for an interview or for any type of healing. <laughs> that sounded like a pull up invitation and not for conversation. <laughs> I mean, why would this man have you on his show with his family after you have just... <laughs> After you have dragged his family the way you have, <laughs> Monique is cuckoo. She is just cuckoo. Anyway, let's get to, <laughs> let's get to D.L. Hughley and his response because I really do like the response that he gave to her on his radio show. So let's get to D.L. Hughley and his response, and then we can go ahead and wrap up this whole Monique D.L. Hughley drama. I know that I said that I, I'd done all I could here about this whole Monique situation, but over the weekend, her and her husband released a video 
um, where uh, it, it, I was doing the interview and I uh, detailed my daughter's uh, sexual trauma. Uh, Monique has taken uh, that video and perverted it for her own uses. She's decided to add her own narrative. I will only say this, and I'm answering this now, uh, in response to a request for my daughter, who, who, of course, over the weekend was crying, of course, having her trauma, tried it out in front of the world in a situation she had nothing to do with that doesn't have anything to do with a contract would be traumatizing to anybody, particularly when it's from somebody who claims to love us for real. Um, but she uh, she proceeded to talk about how I let a man touch my child, which nothing could be further from the truth. They were both 13 years old. They were boy, they, they were friends that had grown up together. She told me about it years uh, later. And when she told me about it, I... Um, and, and this is something I lament to this day, denied that she, I said, well, you know, that's what kids do. Now, that was my estimation of it. It was not her interpretation of it. She was hurt by that. And I, I will never forgive myself for not A, believing her and, and B, handling it the way I did. But for Monique, A, to put a man in that room, which never happened, and B, to bring up sexual trauma in an argument that has nothing to do with what you're talking about is unconscionable. My, my daughter Tyler addressed it, my daughter Ryan addressed it with her in a letter. And the thing that I was most proud about in the letter is not only that she held her held high because she's, she's supposed to. The other thing is she said there are legitimate things you could have gone after my father about because my children know exactly who I am. They know, they know that I'm not perfect. They know that I'm flawed. And none of them would have a problem with you assailing things that are really true. But you and your husband putting a man in my daughter's room when that is not what I said and, you, weapon, and, I, and weaponizing it and using in a trite argument shows exactly how low you are. You are a monster. You literally are. You didn't play Precious. You, let, you didn't play Precious's mother. You let her out. You stopped pretending to be human and you won a role for being exact. You won a Grammy, uh, Oscar for being exactly who you are. Who says they love women and are there for women and protect the babies and would trot out someone's sexual trauma just to use in an argument? I don't know anything about you. I know that what happened to you uh, when you were a child, what happened to you uh, when you were growing up, those things are, 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 are traumatic to you and I would never bring them up. Never. It would never occur to me to do it because that's not where I live. That's not what I do. You have had this argument or this show be about everything. It was about a contract. It was not. It was about an insult on, the radio state, uh, on my radio station. The question never aired. You know it never aired. And you continue to have this. And then you have the temerity to answer my daughter's letter with, a, with, with an invitation to come on my show. I will never let you on my show. Never. You will never talk to my children. I will never have anything to do with me. You do not exist. Maybe leaving my children out of your mouth will leave you room for the food you love so much. Look, you can continue to do whatever you want to me. That is, that is, that is fair game. I'm in this business. For you and your husband to continue to do things like this, you have already, first it was a contract. You've, you've attacked everything. My, the dog, my wife, now my children, enough. Enough. You do not exist to us. You, you don't get to break my family. You don't get to do that. I don't know if you ever had a man who loved you as much as I love my children.
I don't know if you've ever had anybody who's standing in your stead because the man next to you damn sure ain't doing it. All he's doing is wrecking what's left of the rubble of a career that you're pretending to build, for trying to build back. Leave my children alone. Stay with me and we're fine. You're a horrible woman. You love women like Ike loves Tina. Now that girl over there, who I shouldn't call you a girl, this woman over here, you know one thing for sure. I love you. And I'd never let it. And I'm your daddy for real. And you don't have to pay me for it. <laughs> One day, I hope that you're happy and you can stop being such a miserable, low human being. Maybe one day you will get to be as small as you often act. Hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. He read her to filth as he should, as she deserved. If I was him, I would have went 1,000% harder, but he did what he had to do. If it was, you know, if it was my family, she would have to see me. She would have to see me for that. But, you know, shout out to the Hughleys, DL and his daughter. They both, you know, they responded in the right way. Um, my thing is, Monique is a victim of sexual assault herself when she was a kid. So for her to have zero compassion for another victim to at the very least say, you know what, I'll just drag DL in another way. I'll leave his daughter out of it. I won't disrespect his wife in the process, but it's like her moral compass is like below zero. It's down in the negatives. And then for me, it's like at this point, what is it about because it can't be about contracts. If it was just about contracts, she would not have taken it this far. It's not just about contracts. She keeps changing the narrative. I don't know. She just comes off as a very toxic person, like I said earlier. And to be honest, I don't even give a damn about the contracts. Forget the contracts. It doesn't even matter at this point because she has taken it so far. Like, I don't even care if she happens to be right about the contract situation, which I don't believe at all based on everything that I've seen and heard. I don't I don't think that she was supposed to headline the show or at the very least, I think the um, the promoter played both sides. But I'm just saying if I was going to a comedy show and D.L. Hughley and Monique were both on the lineup, personally, I would expect D.L. Hughley to headline the show, to close the show. But that's neither here nor there. Like I said, even if she is right, even if the promoter told her, look, you are closing the show and the contract that she posted, if that's legit, even if what she said was right, she's still wrong. Let me say that again. Even if what she said was right, as far as the contracts and everything, even if she is right, she is still wrong, wrong as hell, dead ass wrong, because once she brought his wife and his daughter, specifically his daughter, into it, once she mentioned his daughter and the sexual assault and then had the situation all wrong, but even if she had it right, just to bring it up at all, she lost all credibility with me. Oh, yeah, and I saw that she is now working with 50 Cent on the BMF series, so I hope that she doesn't fuck up that relationship <laughs> because it is a good move for her because, look, I am unbiased, 
As far as her comedy, I don't like her comedy. As far as a human being, I think she's a shitty person. <laughs> but as an actress, I do think she's a great actress. And being on BMF, that probably will be a good a good move for her. I can see her, you know, playing a good role on that series. I just hope that, like I said, that she doesn't mess up that relationship like she seems to do with everybody else. Because on one hand, you know, I kind of say that, look, 50 is a different vibe. He's a different energy. I don't see her <laughs> going up against 50 Cent because he's the king of petty, the king of revenge. But the other part of me is like, man, Monique is also petty, the queen of revenge. So if she ever feels like he has wronged her in the slightest way, she could possibly, you know, this could possibly be a ongoing cycle of her going up against celebrity after celebrity after celebrity. But hey, anyway, we'll just have to wait and see. I just know with this situation with her and D.L. Hughley, she was dead as wrong. Okay, so moving on to Jada Pinkett Smith. She is now calling for reconciliation between Chris Rock and Will Smith. Of course, we all know about the slap that was seen and heard around the world. But before I get my thoughts on it, I have some audio from Entertainment Tonight. And once I play that, we'll come back and we'll go from there. My deepest hope is that these two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile. Chris Rock isn't paying attention to these recent comments from Jada Pinkett Smith. E.T. is learning new details about the comedian's mindset following Jada's plea for he and Will Smith to reconcile following the Oscar slap. A source tells E.T. Chris is currently touring and preparing for a comedy special. And quote, he is not concerned with the Smiths at the moment. The source adds, quote, Chris is the most genuine person ever. Nothing he does is calculated or phony, and he is not caught up in the Hollywood scene. He is focusing on himself. So it seems Will and Chris won't be having a sit down anytime soon, despite Jada's message on Red Table Talk. Now about Oscar night. Breaking her silence about the controversy at the Red Table, Jada shares her hope about where the two men can go from here. My deepest hope is that these two intelligent, capable men have an opportunity to heal, talk this out, and reconcile. The state of the world today, we need them both. And we all actually need one another more than ever. Until then, Will and I are continuing to do what we have done for the last 28 years. And that's keep figuring out this thing called life together. Following the message, Jada got some harsh feedback. This is going to be difficult for me. Um, these are my peers. Vivica A. Fox, who was guest hosting The Wendy Williams Show, got visibly upset while sharing her reaction to Jada's comments. I've done a movie with both of them, set it off with Jada and Independence Day with Will Smith, which absolutely changed my life. When I saw this video last night, it made me cry. I'll be very honest with you guys. Vivica goes on to explain why she thinks Jada had a role in the infamous slap. You'll recall, Will slapped Chris after he made a joke about Jada's shaved head, a joke that didn't go over well with Jada, who's made it publicly known she struggles with alopecia, a hair loss disorder. I felt to be a good partner, there was no accountability. Will Smith 
was defending her honor. That was why the reason he walked on stage and slapped, because he felt like his, his wife had been offended. Mm -hmm. So for me to see no accountability as a partner, I have love for the Smiths. I know their children. I've watched them grow up. I just wish that we could have had a little bit more accountability. Um, and it, for it to not seem so self-righteous on Jada's part. And that's my feelings. Mm. Yes, I agree with Vivica A. Fox, but why in the hell was she crying? <laughs> she lost me at that part. She was being too extra, but anyway, she's she's a celebrity. You know, they have to get their little shine in, their little fame, make it seem like they have been affected by a situation as well. She has no reason to be crying, <laughs> none whatsoever. Anyway, <laughs> but I do agree with what she said about Jada, because Jada did come across as kind of self-righteous. I think that, uh, I think she wants to appear to be the voice of reason, like she wants to be in the driver's seat of the narrative and steer the direction of the situation. And um, I know a lot of people are putting the blame on her for what happened. You know, even with their marriage, you know, the issues that they had in their marriage or whatever. We don't have to talk about all of that. But people tend to put all of the blame on her. But Will Smith is a grown-ass man. And he is responsible for his own actions. And guess what? He is also responsible for the actions that he accepts from his wife. Slapping Chris Rock is what he wanted to do. So he did it. Staying married to Jada is what he wants to do. So he's doing it. I mean, the way that people seem to coddle him like he's an innocent infant, you know, is mind boggling to me. Even how the other celebrities, the night of the Oscars, when he slapped Chris Rock, even how they were all rubbing his back and wiping his tears. That was hilarious to me because I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it like, damn, this guy is good. He's good. I mean, the crying on stage while doing his acceptance speech and doing it right after he slapped Chris Rock. I mean, mwah. that was bravo, bravo. He needs a round of applause. They should have brought out a second Oscar, <laughs> a second one to award him for the performance he had just put on doing all of that crying and shit. Come on now. And I'm a fan of Will Smith, but let's be real. This this man is not incapable of doing bad things. He's not incapable of making horrible mistakes in front of the world. He's a man. He's Will Smith. He's very rich, very famous, but he's a man. He's a human. So for people to bypass him and try to put all of the blame on Jada, that's lame to me. That's tacky. I don't like that. I don't think that Chris will ever reconcile with them, though. I don't see that happening. I feel like maybe if the slap had happened privately at maybe an after party or something and wasn't on camera, Chris would have possibly hashed it out because we probably would have never heard about it or we would have just been speculating on hearsay. But to get slapped in front of your peers by one of the biggest names in Hollywood with millions of people watching live on TV, that's not something that's easy to forgive. And guess what? Chris doesn't have to forgive Will Smith if he doesn't want to. That's his choice. He does not owe Will or Jada forgiveness. Hell, I feel like they should just leave it alone at this point, at least for now. Will Smith put his little fake apology out on social media. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I think that it was a fake apology. I don't think that deep down he felt like he did anything that was wrong. The Oscars after party pic showed me that. <laughs> Will and Jada had the time of their lives dancing and holding the Oscars, celebrating the crime he just committed. <laughs> and you know what? I'm kind of pissed. I'm kind of pissed because a long time ago, maybe about 10 years ago, maybe more than 10 years, I simply told someone I was going to slap them through a text message along with some other things. But, you know, I got arrested for communicating threats, communicating threats. I did even slap her. But the fucking Fresh Prince walked his ass on stage, slapped Chris Rock, then had Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry rubbing his back and wiping his tears. And then he went to an after party. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the average person does not get that luxury. We don't get that luxury. But anyway, back to the point that I was trying to make, even though the apology was fake, in my opinion, I feel like after Will posted it, Jada should have just let that be the last time that either of them made a public statement about it, at least for now. Don't use this as a way to promote Red Table Talk because Chris is not coming on that damn show, Jada. He's not coming. It's not happening. Forget about it. <laughs> because that is what Jada really wants deep down. She wants to have Will and Chris sitting across from each other, crying and healing and hugging. It's not happening, Jada. <laughs> if I was Chris, that red table would be the only thing they had left because I would have fell and rolled off the stage when he slapped me and I would have started shaking uncontrollably. Oh man, listen, I would have ran the bag up on wheel they would be sleeping under that red table after i was through suing them <laughs> anyway i'm still a fan of will smith and chris rock i think that they can both coexist without interacting with each other and i know will he's still having a few of his projects being pushed back because of all this but be clear Will Smith will be just fine. He does not need a pity party because, as I said earlier, he is a grown-ass man and he is responsible for his grown-ass actions. And, you know, I'm sure he will be back number one in the box office by next year. I'm sure of that. And Chris Rock is already running up the bag with his comedy shows. If anything good came out of this for him, it would be that every one of his shows is sold out. And I'm also sure that every network Every network is offering him big money for a full sit-down interview. And trust me, he will cash in on that very soon. I think he's been very strategic about all of this. And I feel like when he's ready to speak, he will. It just won't be with Jada and Will Smith. <laughs> I also saw that Chris is going on tour with Dave Chappelle this year. Now, that's going to be epic, <laughs> being that they both have been attacked on stage this year. Like I said before, Chris is being very strategic about this. And hey, I like it. I do. But hopefully they do make a tour stop in North Carolina, because if they do, I am definitely getting tickets and I will be in the building. Quick question. Have you registered for Cash App Friday? If not, what are you waiting on? Grab your phone, your tablet, your laptop, anything. Log on to www.bossifye.com. That's bossify.com and sign up for Cash App Friday. It's free. No catch, no gimmicks. Every month on a random Friday, I just cash up somebody $25. Why? 
because I feel like it. Let me go ahead and shout out our past two winners. April's winner was Seven Shante. May's winner was Tanasha Hussey, the travel addict. Shout out to both of those ladies. We have not done June yet, so you still have time to log on to www.bossify.com. That's B-O-S-S-I-F-Y-E.com for Cash App Friday. I want to talk about Young Thug and Gunna and YSL for just a quick second. And this, you know, this 56 count Rico case against them in Georgia. It's been a lot of debate about whether or not song lyrics should be used as evidence against them in their trial. And, you know, should it be used against rappers in general? And I had to think real hard on this one because I did not have an immediate argument to put up for either side of it at first. And to be honest, to keep it all the way 100, I'm still gathering my thoughts as I currently speak on this. That's why I said that, you know, I would be pretty quick on this one. Look, I think it's a slippery slope because the line between art and life, it can sometimes be very, very thin. And then other times it can be very, very thick. I don't think there is a one size fits all answer to the question. It has to be at least in my opinion, it has to be a case-by-case thing. It has to be individualized. I feel like if evidence can prove without a shadow of a doubt that someone's song lyrics is based on actual crimes that they have committed, then why wouldn't it be fair game? I'm just saying. But on the flip side of that, I feel like if something is already considered art, then it automatically casts a shadow of doubt. And there cannot be a doubt. It, there cannot be any doubt when trying to secure a conviction in court. A jury, a jury needs to know that they are deciding a case that's based on pure facts, not art that might be facts. Because unless somebody said, I killed or robbed so-and-so on this day at this time at this location, who's to say what's subjective and what's not? Because if you are not the writer of the song, you really wouldn't know. And, you know, I'm sure they are not basing their whole case off of just song lyrics. I'm sure they have more evidence and possible witnesses. But for them to even bring up song lyrics at all, like I said earlier, is a slippery slope. Look, as for Young Thug and Gunner, I don't know if they are guilty or not. I'm not one to start yelling free so-and-so without knowing the facts of the case. I don't know either of them. But just from the looks of it right now, though, it does not look good for them with no bonds. The trial not starting until next year. And I'm almost positive. I mean, almost positive that some of the other defendants will start snitching and they will start doing what they have to do to get out of the situation. We've seen this in the culture enough times to know what pretty much comes next. So honestly, whether they are guilty or not, whether they are guilty, whether they are innocent, I hope their lawyers are miracle workers because their lawyers are about to be very, very busy. And speaking of busy, that damn Nick Cannon, <laughs> he is always getting busy, busy. I mean, busy, 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 busy. The brother has another baby on the way. <laughs> and look, I know a lot of people have their opinions about Nick Cannon damn near repopulating the planet but there are some things that i'm neutral on and this is one of them i don't have an opinion about it that's his life his penis his wallet <laughs> i don't care i see a lot of people saying well he won't be able to give them the quality time that kids need i'm like look 
Use that same outrage towards kids in homeless shelters, kids on the streets, kids in foster care, that part. So I may not have an opinion on Nick, but I do have an opinion on the people who always have an issue every time that he has another woman pregnant. Look, there are kids in this country and in this world, period, who needs more concern and more outrage from people than Nick Cannon's kids, because I'm sure they are more than likely well taken care of. I will tell you what kids deserve outrage right now, though. It would be those kids that were in that Texas elementary school, along with those two teachers who were murdered while the police stood and did nothing. Fucking cowards had the nerve to tackle and handcuff parents that were trying to get inside the school to rescue their kids. A bunch of punk ass clowns. When it's time to actually go in and take someone out, when it's time to actually shoot, you do jack shit. But I bet they will shoot an unarmed person with no hesitation. And this whole gun control discussion going on, I don't know what the solution is because we are so far gone and so far beyond solutions at this point. By we, I mean America. Guns are synonymous with American culture. Look, I live in North Carolina, an open carry state, so seeing people walk around with guns on their hips is normal everyday life for me. My thing with this whole gun control thing is even if new laws are passed, even if the age limit is increased, even if strict background checks are required, even if certain guns are banned, will it actually change anything? What's to stop them from getting somebody else to get a gun for them or they just buy the gun off the streets and proceed to still carry out their plans? I hate to say it, but it almost feels like it's too late to do anything about it because you cannot have step. You either allow guns or you don't. And there is no way in hell that they would be able to ban all guns. So guess what? There is nothing they can do to prevent these mass shootings or any type of shooting. They may be able to lessen it in some way, but even one is too many. So in my opinion, we will always be in this cycle of mass shootings to thoughts and prayers to hashtags to politicians playing politics. And then it's rinse and repeat. Same thing happened in Buffalo when that racist piece of shit killed all those black people in the grocery store. And trust me, I will do a whole separate episode soon about white people and their historical mass murders of black people in America and my whole take on racism in general. But back to this whole gun control thing, because I feel my blood pressure going up. I got to hurry up and get off this topic. But back to this gun control thing, there is no such thing as gun control. That's just a term that politicians and the media uses. Guns are useless without people shooting them. So this is a people control problem, not good control. And they can't control people. Shit, they can barely control themselves. So if they think that all of a sudden they can say, no, you can't buy this gun or that gun anymore. And that's going to control anything. It's almost laughable, except this is not a laughing situation. Criminals are not asking for your permission to be criminals. They don't give a damn about what the laws say about guns. Look, I would love to be wrong about all of this, but this is just my logical take on it. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. So I don't align myself with any of their talking points. I think they all are full of shit. I think they all are liars. I think they all will do and say whatever it is to uh, progress their party. I am an independent thinker and I call shit the way I see it and 
I don't see anything changing in the near or distant future with gun violence here in America. Not at all. Not at all. Man, y'all, I am so happy to be back doing my podcast, doing what I love. It's been a long time coming. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it's been about two and a half years. So just to be back sitting in my chair, talking my shit, doing my thing on my own show again, I'm blessed. I love it. I couldn't be more happy Um, to my supporters. And I'm talking about my day one supporters from my Thoughts Unleashed podcast days. I want to thank y'all so much for being patient. I want to thank y'all so much for all of the all of the encouraging text messages, all of the encouraging inboxes that you guys were sending me over the past two and a half years, letting me know that you were still waiting patiently for me to return to the podcast ways. I thank y'all so much. Y'all will never know how much that means to me, but I felt like it was important for me to tell you on the show that to my day ones, and y'all know who y'all are, y'all have been encouraging me, uplifting me, hyping me up, gassing me up. I appreciate that so much. Oh yeah, and I'm still working on the official schedule for the show, so just be patient. Bear with me for right now. I will be releasing on different days, but soon we will be um, releasing on one official day of the week, so I will keep you all updated on that. I'm also still working on the social media pages for Big Bossy Said It Podcast. For right now, you can follow us on our Bossify page. Bossify is of course, my baby. That's my company. That's who produces my podcast. Um, you can follow Bossify on Instagram at B-O-S-S-I-F-Y-E. On, yeah, that's Instagram. And on TikTok, you can follow us on Bossify. That's B-O-S-S-I-F-Y-E as well. Last but not least, Big Bossy Radio is coming very soon. Yes, you heard me correctly. I am working on my radio show. And with that said, I don't have anything left to talk about, anything left to discuss other than I am Tip Bossy B, a.k.a. Big Bossy. This is Big Bossy Said It Podcast. If they ask you who said it, make sure you tell them Big Bossy Said It. Y'all be easy. Till next time. I said what I said. And that's the bottom line. Big Bossy. That's all.